Welcome to the Lowride Worldwide Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to global lowriding culture. My name is John Uloa. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy this episode. episode of the Low Rat Worldwide podcast, we have guest Joe Estrada from La Cultura Magazine and Bombs Magazine. Joe talks to me about his experiences as a lowrider and as a publisher and owner of these publications and what it takes to just logistically manage all of the heavy lifting associated with content creation and especially doing it from a global perspective with a global reach. So hopefully you enjoy this episode. Thanks. And without further ado, Joe Estrada. La Cultura magazine came out with a splash, right? And, you know, it it, it made a big impact. And, um, you know, congratulations to you. Congratulations to the entire staff. I feel fortunate to be a, you know, a part of it, but I, you know, um, I appreciate the opportunity and um, it's great that it, that the magazine has been so well received, but let's roll it back a little bit. Um, how, first of all, you know, there's Joe Estrada, the publisher, right? Yes. But I want to talk about Joe Estrada, the lowrider. Yeah. Well, that's lowriding is where I started. With well, let's talk, let's talk about that. Always had an always had an Impala. Um, it wasn't until later on that I got a bomb, which was it was before Bombs Magazine, but I was rolling a '51 Fastback. Um, I started to get into bombs later later on in the years, but earlier on I had a, a '70 Impala, I had a '69, a '68, which I still have. That's one of the only ones I kept was a '68 uh, Super Sport convertible. Um, and it's in pieces. It's been in pieces for a while. It hasn't been a priority due to the magazines. Um, because before La Cultura, it was Bombs Magazine. And that was my passion then. You know, it still is, actually. Um, and that's something that I hope to have out soon. Uh, a lot of stories to write. I was left with a lot of great photos. Um, from a lot of great photographers, but I didn't get any stories or any type of write-up. So it's hunting down a lot of the guys and not, as you know, from Bombs Magazine, not everybody's just local. We have a lot of cars that are from other countries and other states. So that's what's holding up the next issue of Bombs Magazine. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah. so, So you, are you a native of San Leandro? Yes, I am. So yes. you're bo- born and raised in San born Leandro, in- California. Yes, yes. Right on. And and so, what what is your earliest memory of lowriding? How far back does it? How far back does it go for you? It goes back um, back to the seventies. Kind of dating myself, but back into the seventies, back when lowriding first Lowrider magazine came out and the scene really hit out here, um, walking to school in the mornings or coming home afterwards, I'd see different cars from nightlife because in my neighborhood, that club was pretty big in, in this area. And I'd see a lot of those cars all done up and candy paint jobs and patterns and stuff. And 
seeing that, I always wanted one. So I started with a lowrider bike. I had that in junior high and then eventually graduated to cars. And your and what was your first car? Your first your first lowrider build, the very first one. My first car was a '77 Monte Carlo. Mm -hmm. and I had that for a few years, and then ended up selling it, starting a family. Cars went on hold, and I came back. I started up again with a '70 Impala. Not a lot of people had them back then, and I thought they were cool looking. And I cruised that around for many years until I picked up the 68 convertible. And I think the 68 convertible is the one that you have in the movie Low Riding in Aslan? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah. So talk to us about that period because that, that in that film, that shows you as an active car club member and such. So. Talk, yeah, back then I was the president of Low Vintage Car Club. I was a president for about 10 years and I ran, we had a chapter in San Francisco and then one in the Bay area. And I kind of just ran both of them because one guy stepped out and we're a really tight club. So it worked. And we always hit up all the street low shows, all the street low, any car club like uh, Frisco's finest or low creations. On the other side of the bay, we'd hit their show at Coyote Point over at the park over there. Um, but um, Street Low was the shows to go to back then, and still are. They do good shows. But um, Lowrider, they had them every once in a while. I went to those, uh, but mostly local local stuff. Punch, what was it, Punch 84? I believe he used to do shows out by Modesto. I remember mm -hmm. going out to those. But we hit up everything, Stockton, uh, Salinas, Fresno. Anywhere there was a show, we went. Nice. So super active in the scene and yeah. really just, you know, just taking it wherever, wherever that current was going to take you that weekend. Yes. Kind of nice. like now, covering car shows. But before I was in them, you know, now yeah. I get now I get to walk around and take pictures, but but now it's mostly uh it's a lot different, but kind of the same. So then, so then you know, family first. The cars go. The cars take. You know, the cars are sidelined because of family priorities. Yes, and they then, kind of now, took and then it, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, the car scene took a backseat for a while. You know, because the kids were, it was all about Little League, go taking them to baseball games and doing the parades and going to the pizza place afterwards. And that took up all the weekends. So it was really hard to have a car or commit to being in a club anymore or, you know, participating when you have kids, younger kids. Right. But then as they got older, you know, and didn't want to play baseball and, hang out with their friends it gave me time to get back into the car scene and never left so when did you start taking pictures Jeez, i've been taking photos since i was a kid my dad used to take me to the oakland roadster show every year for my birthday and i always had a camera always took photos especially the low riders that was uh that was my thing you know, always has been. 
and took a lot of photos. And then as years got on, I just bought better cameras. And, and then I got the opportunity to work for Bombs Magazine and went, got to get my photos published. It was, it was great. Stephen was a great guy and really good at giving me an opportunity. He, he put, he, if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have a magazine today. So when you started, so how did that come about? How is it that you came about having involvement with, with him and Bombs Magazine? Well, I knew Stephen before when he was just selling magazines. He'd sell old back issues of Lowrider Magazine and Technicolor Magazine. And uh, we just talk. Um, he sent me his number to say, hey, call me. And then we just started bullshitting back and forth. And uh, this went on for a couple of years, probably about three years. And then he started a magazine called um, American Bombs, him and Marco. One side was in Paula's magazine, the other side was Stevens. And he was in, you know, he was the editor of the bomb half of the magazine. And we still continue to be friends and talk and stuff. And, and he said he wanted to branch out on his own. And if I'd be interested in helping him, taking care of Northern California. And I said, uh, yeah, oh, I, I will. And that's, that's how I got started. And it just took off from there. And then, and when you say, and it took off from there, I mean, talk about that. Like, talk about the momentum that, that was built with that magazine. Oh, man, that magazine, you know, nobody represented bombs. You know, we see, you know, a couple here and there and in, in, in other magazines, but nobody just dedicated a magazine to bombs like Steven did. And he was a bomb guy from for years. I mean, his dad was into, into bombs and car clubs and, and, and Steven was also, he was out here with Mike Pickle. Um, they started Duke's chapter out in San Jose. Um, so he was, you know, he had a vision of doing something to represent just them. And, and when he did it, he went worldwide with it. He said, you know, this thing's going to take off like a rocket. That's what he always told me. And, and it did, it did. I mean, it caught on to the, the amount of people in other countries when, when I get the opportunity to go there, like Australia and New Zealand and Japan, the love they have for bombs and lowriding is, is amazing. I never thought I'd go to Australia and see as many cars as I did on New Zealand and see a, a 48 with sacks of cement in the trunk to, to lower it. I mean, it was just cool. And everybody knew the magazine out there. You know, they treated me great, picked me up at the hotel, took us on cruises. It was, Bonds Magazine did go worldwide and Stephen, Stephen took it there. One thing, and you and I have talked about this offline um, several times. One thing that always drew me to Bombs Magazine was how classy everything was presented. There was an intentionality about how that magazine was put together that was just pure class. I mean, clearly it had, it had a design formula. It had a look. It had a very distinctive presence in the publication scene. 
And my, my, my appreciation for that magazine is how well it was presented visually from the photo shoots to the, to the choice of cars themselves to the models always done with 100% class. And that's what I loved about Bombs Magazine. That's what I still love about Bombs Magazine. Yeah, and you know, I miss those days hanging out with Steven at the apartment. You know, every photo, he would go through hundreds of photos, not just, you know, a couple. And it had to be the right photo, the right pose with the model. They had, the magazine had a certain flow to it, you know, ads just weren't laid out wherever they fit in. Everything fit in the, it, because he made it that way. You know, he, he made the flow of that magazine from the first page to the last, you know, none of it was just slapped together ever. You know, every photo was thought out and how ads would be placed and car shows and cars and, and everything. It was just, he was a great, great editor, you know, with a great vision. Nice, nice. What, what would you say you learned? What was your biggest takeaway from, from working with him? What was the one nugget of gold that he gave you that you didn't have before you signed on with the magazine? There's so much, you know, so much that I, I had no, I just read a lot of magazines before uh, I was given an opportunity to work for the magazine. But it was kind of like the way the, I'd say the biggest help was him telling me how a magazine should flow and why does it, why does it get laid out the way it is? You know, why is that ad here? Why is that ad there? You know, he, he showed me why, told me why, his, his reasons why. And all that, if I soaked up all the information, all the stories, everything he would tell me, I really enjoy that time, you know, listening to him, learning, not because I wanted to do my own magazine, just because I appreciate what he's taken the time to teach me. And it wasn't until years later that um, I told him I was going to go to Australia, well, New Zealand to cover a show, and I ended up going to Australia also for Bombs Magazine. Um, and I seen so many other, other than just Bombs, I seen so many lowriders out there. The, yeah. cult, the lowrider culture in the scene. And I just had to cover it. You know, I said, and then I went to Japan and again, a lot of lowriders out there that with amazing paint jobs, amazing work and time they put into these cars, I thought maybe one day I'll do my own magazine and show everybody that doesn't get an opportunity to see these cars, you know, except maybe on Instagram, put them in a magazine and get them out there for the people and let them see it. What's going well, on on the other side of the world. And, and I think that it's, that's a good transition into, into talking about La Cultura. Um, you know, the first issue, um, and you know, full disclosure, Joe and I work together on the magazine um and so you know i think that when you when you look when you look at the cover of the magazine and you have all of the countries listed right it was it's it's deliberately an international and actual global coverage of 
lowrider culture and car culture, you know? And I think that that is what really sets it aside from any other magazine. I mean, like right out of the gate, it's very clear of what the intent of the magazine is. And I, and the conversations that I've had with people have been one of thanks. And I'm sure, and I'm sure anybody on the staff could say this, right? So talk about how well, or just talk about in general, how the magazine has been received by people. It, it's been conceived very well and very worldwide. I mean, I've been sending them to Finland, um, you know, of course, Japan and Australia, New Zealand, places that we cover, but it's the other places and the other states that we haven't featured, Washington, Chicago, um, Texas, you know, I'm, so many magazines that we get shipped out to other countries and other states that I didn't expect to get that type of feedback because I thought it'd mostly go to just people, you know, cities that we featured or countries that we featured, but it, you know, people are liking it all over. And that just makes me want to go to more states and countries and go see them. Uh, our next trip was supposed to be London uh, this month, but because of the coronavirus, that trip was postponed because they've been sending me photos of what's going on out there, the car scene, the lowrider scene out there, and not as many bombs, but still, um, I wanted to represent them and show everybody what's what's happening out there. Mm -hmm. And hopefully that that's a trip we can make. Um, another place it's it's been really, really well received and is is Japan and they've really um, taken us in and helped us out and uh, I have a, a photographer out there, but now I have a whole like brother magazine it's called one low magazine right i i don't know if anyone could see this magazine one low um they have a new issue coming out in june and what they do for for us and and we do for them is they take pictures we feature their photographer and their and the photos in our magazine and and they do the same so in the next issue our photographer pizza that does photos for us he's in He's in the next issue in June, and there'll be a little write-up and pictures of him and photos he's done, as well as his photo shoot and the story on the car. Um, so this magazine has been very supportive, and we're also very supportive of them. Um, the guys out there are great. I can't thank Japan enough. Amazing. <laughs> I mean, they're just, it's so incredible, man. I mean, when I was out there, I could not believe how much love they show. I mean, it's just, it's just so amazing. I mean, you know, strangers on the street, no people not even connected to to anything having to do with cars or low riding, um, just being so willing to, you know, help you find directions or whatever, or, you know, give advice to places, whatever. Um, really really amazing amazing culture um but i wanted to ask you about you know we're in the digital age and we've been in the digital age and you know here you are committed to print media in a time when lowrider magazine stepped away from print media and deciding to just go digital 
Um, why don't you, what does that mean to you? I mean, talk about that in terms of your commitment to sticking with a print publication. I think, I still think car people love print. I mean, you get your car, you build a car, um, you're proud of it, you want to show it off. And to get it in a magazine, I think is, is probably the best thing. I mean, you could get it on Instagram or somebody's internet page, especially Instagram, you'll see it. And if you scroll past it or, or forget and go back to look for it, unless you remember the person's name or where you've seen it, you, you've lost it in seconds. Or this you could always have and you could, you know, when in our magazine, we try to take pictures of, of the builder's, you know, family, him and his kid, father, son, father, daughter, whatever. And it's, that's a, a memory that you could pass down. You can't pass down a, a digital print. You can't pass down, I mean, Instagram pictures and stuff like that. I mean, not that I'm against Instagram. You know, I think all that stuff's great. And it's it, a lot of magazines are headed that way, but I still feel that print is still a lot of people uh, are still in a print. It, you'd be surprised if if you go to Los Angeles when I was dealing with Bombs Magazine, how many people aren't into digital, aren't into cell phones, don't have computers, don't have cell phones, none of that. They're not on Instagram. They're not on Facebook. They still have home phones. You call them up and talk to them direct. And that's just, they haven't changed. And I guess I haven't either. I'm still down with the print. Yeah, I think that that's an important point because, you know, like I've been spending my my early mornings over coffee just pouring through like, you know, the first five years of Lowrider magazine, you know, yes. and there and there's nothing like, you know, opening that magazine and actually holding it, that, that smell of that old musty smell that they have, you know, and really just, you know, connecting with a magazine on that level is something that you don't get when you're looking at a screen and scrolling. Right. Or, you know. or, or on Pinterest or, you know, a Google image search. It's just not the same. Yeah, it's not. I mean, you could look at, at a, a photo shoot and, and really study and look at what that guy did with his car and before and after pictures and, and stuff you're never going to see you know, on a phone as you're having coffee, as if you're sitting down with a magazine like you do and, and going through it, you know, you could read, you know, what he did, what he started with and, and how it finished in a magazine. You're not going to get that. You're just not on digital print. Yeah. I mean, so, and plus, you know, I'm getting older and I can't even see digital print that well anymore. So, right. <laughs> I mean, as 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 geeky and as nerdy as this is going to sound like I actually like I actually look at the dots in the pictures like I look at the pixels, you know what I mean? And yeah. I'm, I'm, and I'm because that was just such an amazing an amazing time for that magazine and, and what all of that meant then. 
and what it still means now. I mean, now I look at, you know, different people look at Lowrider Magazine in those early days for different reasons, right? What I'm doing is I'm looking back and I'm looking at the historical aspect of things, reading the letters to the editor, looking at the ads, looking at what things cost, you know, I mean, just, yeah. you know, kind of looking, looking at those as historical documents, right? And whether we like it or not, you know, La Cultura magazine, for what you're, what you're, what you just put out, what we as a staff just put out, that is, that's a timestamp. That is an artifact. I hope my grandkids look at that and go, oh, wow, look at this. Oh, my God, look at this car. Oh my God, look at this. Really? Australia? What? You know, I mean, you know, whatever. It's, it's amazing, man. It is. And it's amazing to go back and look at the style and the paint jobs they did back in, in the seventies and the first issues of Lowrider. Um, sometimes you're, you look at them and go, what was that guy thinking? You know, a unicorn on the side of his car, the mural, but some of the stuff is, is what you see now. I mean, there's some guys that were just, thinking thinking ahead and and then you see cars that you know that people do old school and then you kind of see where, where where they got those ideas and where that came from yeah or it's, and yeah it, it's magazines are history like you said they're history so what did you what did you learn as publisher editor-in-chief what did you learn putting out the first issue of La Cultura and how will, and how will that translate to the future, to the second issue? Um, the first issue, it was a lot of late nights, a lot, a lot of working in front of the computer till, you know, sometimes midnight and then starting work at six in the morning for my regular job. And, you know, it it seemed like a, a it was a lot of work, but you know, now that the next issue's almost ready, I miss those late nights. It it was fun. It was fun having different uh, people come over and hang out. Different people from the staff um, come over and hang out with me. Choose photos. Look through stuff. Even you were there a couple nights. It it was it was fun, and you know I don't I don't know that I'm going to do much different because I'm looking forward to hanging out again with yeah. everybody. So um, I'm just hoping uh, to see some shows. You know, something we have enough for the next issue. Just no shows to to sell them or to take them out to. But. Um, I hope this virus ends and we can get back to uh, having some good times, some beers and car shows and barbecue and everything else. So somebody asked earlier when the next issue is coming out. Did you, do you have a timeline on that? Do you have a tentative release date or is it too early to tell? It right now it's too early because um, the, the place that does our magazine isn't even doing business at the moment. They're closed. And when I talked to him last, he said, hey, hang on to everything. Take care of yourself. Take care of your family. I'll talk to you next year. And I thought, no way. It's not going to be that long. This isn't going to, 
it's going to be a month or two and this is going to be over with. Car show she's, season will happen as, as normal. And uh, it, as you can see, it's haven't had a show yet. Um, so I don't know. I'm not, I can't say when the next issue's coming out, but it's not far from complete. Okay. So hurry up and wait. Pretty much hurry up and wait. Nice. Hurry up and wait. Yeah. Well, but, but that's cool, man, because I think that the temptation would be to be impatient, to rush to get another one out. You know, I mean, that yeah. certainly, certainly, and especially, look, there's always, there's always content to be produced. I mean, you know, you know, you could take, I mean, you have, you have a, you know, a, a, an archive of photographs, right? Mm -hmm. And, and, and the stories can always be written, you right? There's probably enough content for multiple issues, you know, back to back. Yes, there I, is. But I have a lot. But that, but that doesn't do the brand of the magazine any good if you're just like churning them out, churning them out, churning them out, churning them out, as opposed to a deliberate, this is what we do, and this is how we do it, and it's going to go this way, as opposed to just an onslaught. Because I know for a fact that other publications, they just keep, they just, they just have a, a repository of content, and then, you know, there are months multiple months in the hopper at once yeah you know and it's just it's a mass production assembly line kind of you know approach as opposed to more i don't know homespun more you know small family business if you will yeah and we're shooting different content than what these other magazines are, are putting out that you, you could go to Safeway, grab a magazine. It's on the shelf right now. Look at it. And it, they have some of the cars that we're shooting, but it's not us. You know, we shoot, you know, you'll look through our magazine. You see people, shows, cruises. We get into a little of everything. Um, we're not just, you know, like the cookie cutter magazine. You know, I'm, yeah. I'm trying to keep it different, you know, keep it a magazine, you know, with everybody, you know, showing the people, showing all, all types of cars, you know, not just, uh, not just uh, trailer queens. Right. Um, you know. th there's a question in here, but I, but I want to just piggyback off of what you're saying right there is that. You know, I think it's it's important to note that 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 the magazine La Cultura does a little bit of everything, but it does a little bit of everything well. It's not we need we need this for the sake of needing this. Like everything is deliberate and makes sense. It's not just you know kind of a hodgepodge for the sake of uh, having that, but rather you know shows people right. In other words, all of those elements are very very well placed and well assembled it's not just you know oh yeah we need a person so we're going to put a person in here or we need this you know everything is very thoughtful i guess is what i'm trying to say yeah yeah just like bombs i try to you know 
like I said, when we were hanging out at in front of the computer, going through photos, it's just like everything just has to be to be right, you know. And I try to, I try to do that. Nice. Yeah. So, you want to take you want to take a question? Yeah, I seen one. Uh, the difference between Australia and Japan. In Correct. The yeah. You know, geez, um, I, I haven't been to all of, you know, there's Australia, it's everything's on the outside, you know, around that continent. And I've only been to Sydney, you know, and the people there were just fantastic. I mean, like I said, they pick us up in the morning, take us on cruises, take us to shoot photos. Um, they were great, great people, you know, very hospitable, very, you know, awesome. I, I want to go back. I can't, that's one place I really want to go back to. I, you know, I really enjoyed my time there. And Japan also, um, it's hard to compare the two. Um, I think Japan has, uh, you know, they used to have their cars built out in Los Angeles and shipped over to Japan, but now the painters out there in Japan have taken stuff to another level, you know, and they just, they're turning out some amazing paint jobs, you know, as well as, you know, I mean, I'm blown away by the work at their doing as far as patterns and designs it's it's on another level than than everybody right now well not everybody i can't really say that but they're they're pretty badass you know and i i would say they the quality of paint jobs that i've seen in japan i like but you can't compare the, the both people in both places yeah, I love Japan and I love Australia. I really do. Yeah. I think they have some great cars. I was blown away by the the cars I seen it were out in Australia, and the patterns and and murals all muraled out everything. It was it was pretty amazing. Yeah, I it's it's a tough choice, you know. Well, but even the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I did see a lot of more custom cars that really caught my eye when I was in Japan, you know, when I was there. Yeah. Well, I know, like, you know, I'm not, I appreciate customs. I just, it's not my, it's not my wheelhouse and it's not something that I'm, I'm into. I can appreciate customs, but it's not, it's not my thing. But when I was, when I was in Japan and I was talking to people about low riding and being really, cause I was in Nagoya, I was only in Tokyo for one day. But being in Nagoya, you know, I love being in Nagoya because it's, it's you know, 70s style. And they're, you know, really influenced by 70s style lowriding. But what was interesting is I did an interview with the president from Primera Car Club through a translator. And what he said, what he told me is he said, when you go back to the United States and you talk to people about what we do, I want you to be very clear about something so that people are very well informed there that in Nagoya, lowriding is Chicano-style lowriding. And in Tokyo, it's African-American-style lowriding. And I thought, man, that's, that's an interesting 
like he's making an ethnic distinction between two cities in Japan and how they represent low riding culture. And, mm -hmm. and when I, when I thought at length about what he was saying, what he was saying really was that in Nagoya, they're all about 70s style low riding. And in Tokyo, they're more about the 90s style, right? In G bodies, Cadillacs, right? As yes. Opposed, as opposed to in Nagoya, where it's 70 style, because they were very influenced early on by the Cheech and Chong movies. Yeah. I mean, literally, next movie, 62, is named after a Cheech and Chong movie. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know? I, I, and so, I met him. Right. And so, you know, it's, uh, I was, the Dead End guys took me to the, to the photo shoot when next movie debuted at that photo shoot. And they were we were allowed to take pictures. We just weren't allowed to post anything. And that was the day before the Speed and Custom show. And to see that car and how that car is like this low to the ground is crazy, you know. But yeah. um, but I think that you know when you talk about comparing country scenes, you know, low riding gets to be like such a a, a, a pocketed and isolated thing in terms of identity, you know. Yeah, and like this is how we do it here. Like regionally speaking, there's a distinction about how low riding is done. So anyway, would you agree with that? Or yeah, I yeah, just... I do. I do, especially like what you're saying. The way it's it's split up between mostly Cadillacs and Jeep bodies to our. You look over here in the Goya. It's Grand Prix, Monte Carlo. You know this. 62s 65s i mean the cars are are different you know they're they're rolling cars i didn't expect to even see out there you know grand prix cougars grand prix cougars. yeah 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 i mean e even the bombs they roll the bomb 70 style you know yes they do yeah old spoke wheels no skirts you know so yeah what I would love for you to take me to Australia so I can answer that question. I'm just saying. Yeah, let's go. I'm just saying. Uh, yeah. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back. By the way, Jesus Espinosa from Dead End is in here, and I saw Diego was in here earlier. Did you have a chance to check out the the Dead End Times on YouTube today? No, I didn't. I seen the I seen it posted up yesterday when they're at the gas station, yeah. filling up the wagon and everything um awesome guys if you're yeah. still on here what's up yeah check it out if you get a chance man that they, they they put together something really nice and i look forward to seeing that thing take off and get traction so for sure oh, yeah. everything yeah. they do is really nice for sure for sure yeah. um so what what is the future of la cultura magazine um where, well, where would you i mean we have the starting point where do you want to see it go literally What's your vision um, for it? What's your vision for it in the long term? You know, I I haven't really thought too far ahead. Um, I would like to eventually get into doing um, mailing these out, you know, doing a subscription and cover more of the world. You know, I would like to get, hopefully I'll have the opportunity to get back to London to when they do their show out there and get our name out there and just wherever low riding's at wherever bombs are at i like to be there 
you know, I like to cover that scene, meet up, meet people, um, and show them what we're all about and see what they're all about. Right on. Nice. So when's your, when are you going to roll out? When's the next build for you? When are you going to pull up? When are you literally going to sell La Cultura <laughs> out of your lowrider? Out of the trunk of my car? That's right. I don't know. You know, actually, I was looking at my car today, believe it or not. The, this morning, I got up and went and looked at it, and I thought, when am I going to get this damn car back on the road? So I'm actually going to talk to my buddy this week and see when he could assemble it. It just has to be put together. It's, it's mostly all there. Um, I just really... This... This coronavirus has given me a, a break and and time to save up some money because I'm not traveling. And now that I have some money saved up, see what it's going to take for this guy to, to build this car. Because um, it's all there. It's all there. Nice. Nice. Yeah. We, look for, we look forward to seeing you in that, man. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have to pick up... Uh, my other partner in crime and Steven with Bombart, pick him up and go do some shows. Um, I think I have enough room for you and uh, Maria and Denise. So if you guys want to go and maybe Mike, if I could get him away from his wife, we'll go out and hit some shows this year. Or we next can, year. I think we, it's going to be next year. We, we, can, we can care, man, because I've got the 48 behind me. So We'll throw some people in your car then. <laughs> right on, right on. <laughs> Yeah, I've got I've got my Gypsy Rose flag from my behind me. So I see that I that yeah, caught my eye immediately. I like yeah, that. for sure, for sure, man. I always, always, always got to pay tribute. You know, I always say that that Gypsy Rose is the Muhammad Ali of low riding, greatest yes. of all time. Greatest it is. Of all time. It is. And for sure. and that's a great uh, Mike Pickle drawing of of that car he did. Uh, Absolutely, got really that. Yeah. Amazing work. Amazing work. Well, yeah. so, so there, so I would take it that, that the show that you produce is on hold this year. It's like more than likely not going to happen. Right. Yeah. There's nothing I'm, I'm going to do this year. Um, nothing for bombs magazine this year. Um, I wanted to get back into the convention center, but you know, I just have to, had to put everything on hold when I, was looking at the convention center. I didn't actually, I wasn't going to print yet. And then once I had everything together and I thought, you know, magazine show, let's do a magazine. And, and that's what I did. Right on. I mean, it takes okay. such a huge, I mean, the, the production, I don't think that people realize what it takes to put on a show of any size, scope or scale. Yes. I mean, it's just such a huge production, regardless of, you know, how small or how large it is. It's just, I mean, it's a time, it's just a time vacuum and an energy. I mean, it's worth it in the end. Yes, it, it is. But um, getting it there and getting it done, especially with the small staff that, that we have for bombs, um, it, it was crazy. It took a lot. It takes a lot out of you to do a show that big of that magnitude. 
um, and it takes some great people. We had some really, really great people. Um, you know, Timmy Hillard, um, Richard Ochoa, uh, everybody that that Stephen got and it just came out and uh, Fidel and everyone it spent hours and hours at the day before, two days before. Um, his cousin Joe, it was just, it took so many people to make that show happen. And, and it wasn't a lot of people. It was just good people that we had to pull that off. And um, by the time it's over, you never want to do another one. And until next year, you know, right. then, you're, then you're back at it. But um, it, it, that's a lot of work. A lot of work and a lot of money. And you just hope at the end, you could at least break even. You know, we never made um, a lot of money with the bomb shows. Uh, we did one at the City of Industry. The next one was in Long Beach. And the last one being in Anaheim. I think the best one was, might have been City of Industry. But Anaheim, for sure, you know, we made some money to pay off some of the bills. But, um, yeah, not, not a big money maker. But a lot of fun when you look back on it. Right on, right on. Well, Joe, our time is winded. Our time is winded down here. Do you have any last words that you want to share with everybody? I mean, this has been a pretty robust conversation, and a lot of people tuning in. Is there anything that you want to say to kind of leave everybody with? I just want to say thank you to everybody. I really appreciate all of the followers, the fans, the people that support the magazine, um, all the guys still building cars and and showing up to the events. I appreciate all you guys because. Without without all of you, there is no there is no magazine, you know. And I I hope to get out there and if I haven't met you before, you know, or you see me, stop me, say hi. You know, I'm all over the place. You know, one thing I love to do is travel and get out there and meet the people. And you know, thank thank I, I want to thank everybody honestly everybody. And even all the other magazines before me that I always collected and read and, you know, thanked him for, you know, getting it started, Lowrider. You know, thanks to all the other guys putting on shows, inviting us, Street Low Magazine. You know, thanks to all uh, people that sponsor us. The uh, crew, Bomb Division, always keeping me fitted in clothes and hoodies and everything. Uh, Steven Martinez, all my staff, all the guys shooting for us. Um, I just, I just want to thank them all. I appreciate every one of you. So right can't on. do it without you guys and you. Thank you, John. Thanks right for having on, me on here and and bringing me on. And you know, it's appreciated very much. No problem, man. I appreciate you. I appreciate all of your hard work and dedication. I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to be an editor for the magazine. I really, you know, I'm cutting my teeth with that. I really appreciate you giving me the opportunity to do that. I'm looking forward to the next issue. I can't wait to start working on it. And um, it's going to be a good one for sure. It's going to yeah. be a good one. I think that everybody, everybody is so dedicated to the work, regardless of you know, to all the team, yourself, the team of, of photographers, you know, um, me on the tech side of things, you know, I think that everybody's commitment to it is just going to make it even better and better as we move along. So right on, man. Kudos to you for quarterbacking the whole thing. Yeah, well, thank you. 
thank you. It's been it's been a pleasure. It's been fun. Really. Right on, man. Thanks, okay. Joe. I'll talk to you later. Thanks Happy birthday, doing. Selena. All right, man. Have a good night. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Right. conversation with Joe Estrada. Thanks for tuning in and thanks for listening. Please feel free to share on all of your social media outlets with your family, your friends, your neighbors, strangers on the street. It's all good. Thanks for your support and we'll see you on the next one.